Hello and welcome to the next edition of this Harrington Star podcast. Whether it's Fintech Focus TV you're listening to or our diversity and inclusion specials, we hope you're enjoying the shows and please do subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Uh, welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the walk for change across the entire industry. Today we have Valentina Christensen, the Director of Growth and Communications for Oak North. Now Oak North is one of the world's fastest growing and most profitable fintechs and she's going to tell us all the details about how that happened. Um, but first of all, I would definitely want to mention that she's a passionate advocate for improving for the female talent pipeline and closing the gender pay gap in financial services. So we've got a lot to talk about. She's here to share her story today. Valentina, welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. So perhaps if you start off by telling us a bit about your background. Sure. Um, so uh, I, um, I'm the daughter of an entrepreneur, so it's probably quite fitting that I would end up working for a company that tries to help entrepreneurs and working for two um, seasoned entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, so my mum, she, uh, she um, started her own business um, as a single mum, four kids. So an amazing role model for me growing up. Um, and she kind of you know, taught me that, yeah, you should take every opportunity that comes your way, um, which is kind of how I got the role at Oak North, really. Um, mm. quite, a, quite a funny story there, but um, I was working agency side for Oak North all the way back in June 2015, so before wow. Oak North had even launched, um, long before we became a unicorn company, <laughs> yeah. um, long before we'd raised, you know, a billion dollars, um, you know, all of, all of the, the various um, achievements that have happened. Um, and, uh, well, I was really, really enjoying it. I loved working with Rishi um, and Joel, our co-founders, and I really believe in the mission and the vision. Um, so I emailed Rishi and Joel and asked if uh, I could have a chat with them. Nice. <laughs> and uh, you know they said yes, of course. And then I gave them the, you know, the elevator pitch as to why um, I think they should hire me and, and have me full time. And fortunately, um, they were receptive to that. And uh, you know the rest is history. I've been here now, yeah. working with the brand since then. Um, and it's been just an incredible journey. Mm. So tell us a bit more about what your role is now at Oak North. And also, we haven't even said about all the accolades and everything. You've just mentioned there, like, unicorn company. Like, you, you've given us yes. little tasters. But yeah, give us the whole okay, shebang. Okay, sure. So, so Oak North, um, so probably, I mean, a lot of people um, listening wouldn't have heard of us um, unless they're, you know, they're a, a founder or a leader in a, mm. a fast-growing company. Um, there are, so the Oak North model is, is primarily around trying to help um, entrepreneurs get the the debt finance that they need to scale. So um, that really was born out of Rishi and Joel, our co-founders, mm. um, personal experience in trying to scale their previous business, which they started in 2002 in their late 20s. It was called Copal. Um, it was a financial research outsourcing company. Mm -hmm. um, and over 12 years, they scaled it to 3,000 people and then sold it to Moody's Corporation in 2014. So, wow, what a story. Yeah, it was a very Ooh. successful business. Yeah. Um, but in about four years of the growth of that business in 2006, they had been looking for debt finance to scale. Yeah. And uh, this was obviously pre-financial crisis, so before the days of you know, platform lenders such as Funding Circle, mm. iWalker, Cabbage, and Financial, you name it, um, before crowdfunding. Um, and so you know, their, their options were pretty limited, it was sort of go to a bank. Um, but unfortunately, they didn't have uh, security to put up as collateral, and the banks sort of said, well, sorry, then we can't help you. 
Um, and that kind of negative experience really stuck with them because especially nowadays you have fewer and fewer businesses who own the, the properties that they are working out of, yeah, especially absolutely. with sort of WeWorks and, and mm. co-working, people working from home. So it's, it's just much more flexible nowadays and looking at the other assets in people's businesses, whether that's stock, debtors, plant and machinery, intellectual property. So the sort of idea was what if we could find a way to take some of the efficiency that you find at the lower end of the lending scale, mm -hmm. so where the funding circles, the eyewalkers, the platforms play, mm -hmm. um, but apply it to much bigger loan sizes, and obviously um, combine the best of technology and human. So um, they built a platform that does you know, excellent credit analysis mm -hmm. um, and underwriting, as well as proactive monitoring of loans. Um, tell me if any of this is too lingo heavy. I know, I'm loving it. I think <laughs> okay, this is great, great yeah. Um, it's so exciting to hear it, like how it happened and Yeah, I and mean, I think, you know, the... And, and the idea, that spark, I love hearing about a spark because yeah. I, I think it just tells the audience that whatever you're going through now, whatever trouble that you're facing right now, look at what two people did and exactly. look what they've achieved. And it was really actually from a negative experience where they yeah. managed to build what is now an even bigger company mm. than the first time round. Right? Every problem's an opportunity in Exactly, disguise. exactly. Yes. Um, so they said, you know, rather than sort of building this platform and then going out to banks and trying to sell it, we should build the platform, prove it in a highly competitive and highly regulated market, mm. i.e. the UK, um, and, you know, use it to build a great bank um, here. And, you know, if we, if we do, then we'll have a fantastic, uh, you know, use case uh, yeah, to absolutely. go out to other banks and other markets and, um, and sort of uh, license the platform to them. So that's kind of the Oak North model. Outside of the UK, we license our platform to other banks and lending institutions. Mm -hmm. And in the UK, we use the platform ourselves to do our own lending. Mm -hmm. um, and we lend between half a million up to about 45 million pounds in the UK. We've lent about 4 billion pounds to date. Wow. Um, and clients include, you know, brands that you'll have seen in the street like Leon, Brasserie Blanc, a couple of recruitment firms as well. Um, not us. <laughs> not um, a, couple, a couple of hotels, um, tech companies, uh, hydroponics companies. So that's like fake, well, it's actually real plants that you grow in sort of um, artificial soil and artificial All sunlight. Right, okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, quite, oh, wow. yeah, quite niche um, yeah. businesses, but they, they're all, they all have one thing in common, so they're all scale-up businesses rather than startups, which is Amazing. more where the funding circle eyewalkers would play. So they, they're profitable um, and uh, between sort of 1 million to about 100 million revenue. Mm. So that's the kind of the Oak North model. In the UK, we're a, you know, we use the platform to be a great lender. And outside the UK, we um, license the platform to help other banks be hopefully great lenders as well. It's incredible that this all started off because the bank said no. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, well done banks. Like, look what you, like, they've, yeah. they've created their competition. Exactly. By um, not moving with the times. And, but I think as well, you know, it's, we're, we're competitive to the banks. What's nice about the model is mm. that we're competitive to the banks in the UK, but then we are a collaborator with banks and a partner to banks outside of the UK where we actually mm give them the tools to, to do it themselves, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it's, uh, it's fortunately been a very, um, uh, it's been successful so far, though we're still very much in the beginning of our journey. So as I said, you know, four billion lent is great, but a blip on the radar <laughs> compared yeah. to the, uh, the gap that needs to be filled, which in the UK is about 22 billion a year, I think Mark Carney said um, at the Bank of England. Um, and yes, we've raised over a billion dollars now to date at a 2.8 billion valuation. Um, we have offices in London, Manchester, New York, Singapore, Shanghai, Hong Kong, um, Bangalore, Gagao. So it's a, a real success story, isn't yeah. it? And yeah. we've grown to 650 people, which is funny because I was here when we were 52 people. So, um, oh, well, yeah, so you've uh, seen 600 growth. 
Yeah, um, which you know still makes us pretty lean. I mean, we're always a pretty lean operation, but one of the great things that I think um, that Rishi and Joel have always been very mindful of is that we have to sort of prove the business model from the get-go. So, you know, practicing what we preach, we want to lend to profitable businesses, mm. so we should probably be a profitable one ourselves. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we reached a cash flow break even in 11 months, um, and uh, in 2018, uh, so our third full year of trading, wow. we made um, 33.9 million pre-tax Wow, budget. congratulations. Thanks. What a success story. So profitability within 11 months, let's all, let's all <laughs> chase after that, I love it. Um, so tell us a bit about you and your role right now in all of this because it sounds it all sounds so exciting and you're director of growth and communication so it sounds like this 600 has been around, around what <laughs> so you I mean doing. so I yeah I guess like I mean the growth bit is really because um, I think in a communications role you touch so many different parts of the organization mm. you might be working with the talent team um, you know to look around sort of your messaging and some of the events you might want to do to attract some of that great talent to retain some great talent you could be working with your people operations team mm -hmm. to make sure that you know any great wins are communicated correctly throughout the organization. Um, it's working with external stakeholders, whether those are media, whether it's um, members of parliament, whether it's um, institutions that support fintechs um, or, or, or work with UK business. So that could be anyone from London and Partners. It could be Innovate Finance. It could be the Department of International Trade. It could be Tech Nation. I mean, there's a, a number of different, um, of different institutions who we work with. Mm. Um, and obviously the communication side then is, is communicating with both internal and external stakeholders. So mm -hmm. um, the media is obviously key and we're sitting in a room now um, which you know, has a number of um, framed articles um, from, uh, from various publications sort of following the journey from day one till now. Um, hopefully every room will be like this one. <laughs> it's great, we've got Sit AM, we've got The Times, we've got FT Weekend, we've got The Financial Times and all of their headlines are saying amazing things such as modest valuation of 2.8 billion. <laughs> um, um, Oak North aims to be the faster growth um, after a cash boost. Oak North lands 2.3 billion price tag. Um, site gets 21 million loan. I mean, it's just on and on. Great, great headlines, right? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we've. Uh, I think we've we've been very fortunate to have so many great um, it's, personal it's stories, great story. but also from the businesses that we've lent to. Um, Leon was one of them, obviously, back in, I mean, that was August yeah. 2016, so shortly after the Brexit vote, not to bring that up, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, not a time when maybe a lot of businesses would have been, um, yeah. you know, would have been thinking about their growth. Um, maybe they would have been putting growth plans on hold, and, and we lent £19 million pounds, uh, to Leon, um, and that was to open, you know, uh, dozens of more uh, sites and hire another thousand people. And this is a nice one, City AM. Um, you're one of the winners celebrating the very best of British businesses. Yes, we That's won great. Bank of the Year in 2017 and we're up Amazing. for it again in 2019. So Ooh, don't know okay. if we'll be able to Fingers get crossed, <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, so really exciting story. Now, let's let's talk a bit more about you and sort of before Oak North and how you, how you yeah. got into fintechs. That's something that our listeners are really interested in hearing, an individual's journey. Sure. Um, so, I mean, my, my career... Um, has uh, at Oak North, as I, as I mentioned, sort of started um, agency side. Mm -hmm. So I was seconded here um, at Oak North, and I think it was just really a match made in heaven. And I really, as I said, really believed in the mission, the vision. It was something that personally resonated with me, being the daughter of an entrepreneur. Um, I I thought, you know, and I and I, I, th I think Rishi and Joel are fantastic entrepreneurs, and I love all the people that I work with. Mm. Um, and you know, I could see real uh, growth potential. Um, so I thought of it as you know, a, a, a really exciting challenge and the opportunity to build a brand um, from scratch. 
and be there, you know, from the really the early stage. Um, unfortunately, it's been, uh, you know, as I said, a, a great journey so far, and that was really taking the chance uh, and asking the question of, you know, would you be willing to hire me full time? Yeah, um, because and your you, elevator yeah. pitch, which we all should have one. Exactly, I think that's that's the big lesson from this today. If you don't, uh, if you don't take that opportunity, then you know I might have always regretted it, right? So mm. um, I'm really glad that I did. Um, and before that. Um, was working agency side mm -hmm. and uh, started my career at um, an agency called Lanson's. Um, there are sort of, t I think, about 150 people um, in the city. Um, and my first client at Lanson's out of university was actually Metrobank. Um, oh, really? And this was uh, when they had just launched um, in the UK. So oh, they were the first, you know, challenger bank in 150 years. And oh, that well, was all the where pieces are fitting into Well, play. yeah, I mean, that was where the kind of the interest in, I guess, challenger and disruptor brands began because fintech yeah. wasn't really a back this was you know back in 2011 so fintech if it had been brought up as a concept wasn't really commonplace mm. um and i think i knew i wanted to work in financial services because i went through university between 2008 2011 obviously financial crisis um and for me that was you know a time when a you know was being told you're not going to be able to find a job, no one's hiring. So when you graduate, it's going to be a disaster. Those are, those are tough times. Yeah. Like from um, our point of view as a recruiter, like oh, I, remember, sure. I remember cold calling in 2010 and people just laughing at me and saying, what the <laughs> hell? Do you think that we're hiring? Are you mad? Like, well, exactly. Job. Um, it was tough times. But then it was like, you know, the, that again created an exciting challenge because if mm. anyone needs good PR, it's probably, um, mm. you know, the banks uh, following um, the mm. crisis, but also those new players who were born out of the crisis. So yeah. whether that's crowdfunding platforms, whether it's peer-to-peer -peer lenders, whether it's new challenger banks like Metrobank, um, you know, new disruptors. And obviously today uh, it's an entire industry in its own right. Yeah, so um, that's kind of... So exciting to watch this happen, be part of it. Absolutely. I think it's... Um, it's so exciting to be in London as well. I mean, even, or just even in the UK mm. more broadly, it's such a unique place, um, mm. you know, for for fintech because you've got all the the pieces. You've got the sort of investor ecosystem. You've got the financial hubs in mm. the city and Canary Wharf. You've got the policymakers of Westminster, and you've got, you know, four of the ten top universities in the world, and they're mm. all within you know a thirty minute tube ride from one another. Yeah, and I think it's so interesting that you know you you were told, well, you're not going to get get a job in here, but actually, look what's happened. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, for, for so many people in mm. in the industry, I think it's yeah. Exciting. I mean, I think well, I was also, I mean, you know, I was. It was one of those things where you're spending every summer working for free, right? Doing this was back in the day where free and inter free internships were still a thing. <laughs> yes, um, I remember. <laughs> and and you know, you beggars couldn't be choosers because it was the middle of the crisis, so no one was paying. And that was just the way it was. Yeah. Um, and if you wanted to get relevant experience, then uh, so you often, you had to go yeah, and get you it. Just yeah. go and do it and work for free. Um, mm. And I was fortunate that um, you know I I had a, a you know my my mum who could support me whilst I was doing that, just mm. trying to get some experience. And um, you know then yeah, it, it obviously has paid off. Mm. Yeah, I think getting that experience is a is a big message that we, you know we want to be sending out to people that um, get guessing it any which way you can, yeah. so that you can take that onto your next interview or next job opportunity or whatever. Absolutely, it may be. and I, I you'd be surprised. It doesn't have to be that if you want to work in a bank, you need to have bank experience, or if you want to work for a fintech, you need to have fintech experience. I think there's so much experience that's very transferable. Mm. 
Um, and what people are ultimately looking at when you're sort of entry level or, or a grad is just can you work with other people, right? Are Absolutely. you a problem solver? Can you learn? Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so those are the kinds of things. And actually, you can probably show examples of that in any um, job or experience that you've had. So that links nicely to the next question. Do, do you feel it's important to study the STEM subject to pursue a career in STEM? So I didn't um, study uh, a career, a STEM um, subject. I studied business, mm -hmm. largely because, again, going back to graduating in 2008, I was like, okay, well, I should probably do something, you know, not follow a passion project, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and probably pick something a bit more um, practical. Uh, and business just seemed like a nice broad subject. Um, and I mean, you know, I enjoyed uh, the STEM subjects at school, but it wasn't, uh, it certainly wasn't my, my mm. strong suit. Um, but I would still consider myself a woman in, in STEM because I obviously work for a tech company Absolutely. and you have to have um, an understanding of it and all the different moving parts. Um, you know, and I think it's a misconception that you know working in STEM means you're like either in a lab coat or sitting at a computer coding. Absolutely. Um, there's you know there's so many different roles, and actually all those different roles within an organisation, whether you're in a, a people operations role, talent acquisition, marketing, comms, um, compliance, you know, sales, business development, whatever it might be, like those are all hugely important parts to make the company. Yeah. Uh, continue to grow so um, without them then it doesn't mm. really matter what the you know the coders might be doing because yeah. if there's no one there to sort of sell the product or market it yeah then um, it's a bit of a wasted effort I, th I think that's a really really good point and um, I think there's there's so many companies that um, are growing now that are saying this point that mm. you don't need to have gone to university and studied anything STEM you don't you don't need to be a computer science grad to be yeah. working in computer science in in fact if, if you're your mindset is that you want to learn, you want you want to problem solve, you can work with people as you said, yeah. and you've got a good attitude. We don't even have to have gone to university. I yeah. mean we have um, within Oak North Bank, you know, one of our most successful debt finance directors, uh, senior debt finance directors, um, he didn't go to university. Great. So, you know, it's just we want to see people who you know, who, who are willing to work hard and, and who are passionate about what they're doing, you know. Um, I kind of don't really ever I don't really use the term work-life balance because I don't really like the idea that work and life has to be mutually exclusive. You know, I, think, I agree. Yeah. You know, and maybe that's just because I'm growing I'm, up with my mum. I'm a bit obsessed with work, though. Yeah, <laughs> so but, that's but so was so was my so yeah. is my mum, yeah. right? And like, and I didn't mind that when we were on holidays, if we were on the beach, she was taking a call because I could see how much she loved it. Or if she was, you know, she's the fashion designer, like sketching dresses, you know, whatever it might be mm. that she felt like doing. Um, because she was still, you know, a fantastic mum, and actually probably an even better one because of the the great, um, yeah. you know, role model and and example that she set for us. But, um, you know, I think if you can't find something in work that becomes a really great part of your life, then you shouldn't be doing it. Mm. Um, it shouldn't be that oh great now I can leave work behind and get on with my life and the stuff that I like because yeah. I don't think about that now until you know Monday morning or wherever it might be. I mean. That would just be for me. For me, that would be the absolute worst yeah. <laughs> situation to be. Then in. you've got the Sunday afternoon dread. I, t I totally agree. Like I, I love it when people are in positions where they come. They come into me on a Monday and they go, "Nads, I've been thinking about this all weekend. How about we do yeah. this?" And you just think, "Great, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> that that's 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 who you want to work yeah. with. People that just." love what they're doing Absolutely. and want to progress and want to move forward um so kind of a little bit on that that ilk just talking about um just the, the female role model in your life and um, the fact that you're passionate about female talent pipelining a question that we wanted to ask was have you ever felt disadvantaged or discriminated against because you're a woman 
So I would say, uh, actually, it's the opposite. Mm -hmm. um, there's probably a huge benefit, especially right now, um, as it's so high on the agenda, um, as it should be. Um, but being a 20-something-year-old woman who is passionate about fintech and is happy to talk about it actually has been a huge benefit to me. Yeah, um, you know, there's uh, whether it's at conferences and they always are looking for women to speak and um, you know not go to the same pool. Um, or at least widen the pool of people who of women who they would normally go to, um, and I do try to pay that forward. So whenever I'm asked, you know, um, do you have any recommendations for great speakers? Then I'll try and sort of um, uh, recommend a few people. Um, I think you know the the challenge for a lot of women I meet is that they are very nervous about public speaking, and they kind of take themselves out of the the running, as it were, mm -hmm. or they take themselves out of that pool. And I was very nervous about public speaking before as well. Um, and I really, really hated it. And I still get a little bit of an adrenaline rush, but I think um, it's just like anything. The more you do it, the easier it becomes, right? Um, and uh, facing my fear on that has been, you know, hugely beneficial because I've now had the chance to, you know, speak and attend events all over the world and meet some really amazing people and opportunities that wouldn't have presented themselves. Mm. And it goes back to, you know, my mum's advice about taking absolutely every opportunity that, um, you know, that you might uh, come across. Yeah, well, I love that, and that's great advice for everybody listening. Um, what do you think uh, needs to change in the industry to make it more diverse? Well, I think there's probably two things. Um, so one thing that we do here at Oak North that we're very mindful of, at least, is increasing the talent pool. Um, you know, we're uh, obviously we're going to become uh, we're going to have to become more independent in terms of the talent that we at the homegrown mm -hmm. talent that we have mm -hmm. in the UK. Um, so, uh, you know, going into, you know, speaking to kids uh, as young as primary school, really, um, and getting them, opening up their minds to the idea of, of STEM subjects, mm. um, but also letting them know that working in STEM doesn't necessarily mean that you have to pursue a STEM um, subject, at, at, you know, within high school or, or university mm. or any higher education that you might do, but actually there's such a broad range of, um, you know, of different uh, STEM careers that you can choose. So, for example, last year we, well, actually, no, it was earlier this year, um, we worked with a uh, school on uh, sort of Challenge or Limits Week, it's called, and um, we had arranged a number of speakers to come in throughout the week. Um, and the theme was uh, STEM, or STEAM actually, and uh, we had, you know, women uh, come in from uh, Spotify, from Snapchat. Oh, um, amazing. We did have uh, the head of, um, of stem cell research at King's College uh, as well. So she was a kind of classic uh, woman in, in STEM uh, or person working in STEM. Um, you know, with a lab coat on, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it was it was just Good kind of her. trying to show, you know, that actually there's such a broad range. So one is kind of going down and speaking to kids, get, um, opening up their eyes to, you know, whether it's computer science, whether it's careers in STEM, whether it's STEM subjects, mm. um, so that you're sort of broadening their horizons. Also with enterprise and entrepreneurship, so getting them used to the idea that actually you don't have to go down the traditional, you know, finding a job route, but actually you could start something of your own. Mm. Um, you know, we're, we are a nation of shopkeepers after all, but I think, you know, <laughs> we can always uh, think even more ambitiously than that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, if we're ever going to have a, you know, a fang or a bat company come out of, uh, out of the UK, then I would hope that it would come from, um, from fintech. Um, so that's one thing is obviously increasing the pool. And then the other thing is you just have to be really um, proactive and mindful of um, of hiring, you know, diverse talent. So, you know, whether it's you're putting a quota on things, whether it's you're saying, look, we need to be interviewing the same number of um, men and women, um, or whichever, not just necessarily gender diversity, but whichever yeah. diversity metric you might be looking at, then making sure that the 
the people you're interviewing that there's you know an equal number mm -hmm. um, of those people and then you're sort of taking that through to each stage of the of the process um, if ultimately you end up with you know uh, an old white man <laughs> then mm -hmm. fine but at least you know you've gone <laughs> through the uh, the process of trying Fair to enough. to to try and find that that talent and I think um, that sort of two-pronged approach then will hopefully um, mean that the numbers will uh, will improve. Yeah, well, I think that's great advice for everyone that's listening. Um, what is next on the horizon for Oakville? Oh, God, if okay. you can say. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I can, t can say, obviously, a few things. So I guess for, for Oak North Bank, you know, we want to continue lending to businesses mm -hmm. um, despite what the future may, may hold for, uh, you know, with Brexit or, or the sort of the wider economic um, uncertainty. We, you know, we still believe there's going to be great businesses out there. There's, of course, going to be exceptions to the rule. There are going to be businesses that continue to grow and actually see these challenges as an opportunity to, to grow further. So we want to continue supporting businesses um, in their growth ambitions. And then obviously from the platform side, we want to continue licensing the platform to banks and lenders around the world so that, uh, you know, if, if and when the next financial crisis happens, they don't pull back um, and retrench mm -hmm. from the market, but actually that they, t again, see this as an opportunity um, to support some of the, the, you know, those scale up businesses, some of those, um, those really strong businesses that have made it into that next stage of growth. Mm -hmm. um, that's really you know, what we're hoping for. Um, we'll continue to grow. I mean, team-wise, we're at about 650 people now. We're growing by 30 people a week on average. So, wow. Uh, yeah, so... Um, <laughs> you know, Yeah, exactly. Um, we'll probably open up a couple more regional hubs in the UK. So we've got um, Bristol, Birmingham, Manchester, and obviously London. Mm -hmm. um, probably look to go a bit further north into Scotland because um, we've oh, got lovely. quite a few businesses up there. Yeah. Um, a big part of that is really because, obviously, within the bank, a couple of things that make us different to other lenders but one of them is um you know that we actually invite borrowers to come in and meet credit committee who are the mm -hmm. people who make the decision about the loan and actually when yeah as you, i walked in today everyone i said oh this is a very serious meeting <laughs> yes exactly so <laughs> and it was. um there we go so that's a that's a credit committee meeting and we just think that's a really important part is to actually yeah. meet the entrepreneurs the business very leaders. unique yeah, yeah um and something that they really appreciate because you know at the end of the day you know your business better than anyone else i'm sure you know mm. you would want that opportunity to talk about mm. your business and show how passionate you are about it and equally how well you know the numbers rather mm. than having a relationship manager or, or a banker go in and do that on your mm. behalf um chinese whispers isn't it? well exactly so mm. so this is um one of the things and, and that's you know those regional hubs will help to ensure that we can have that very mm. um you know human and personal process even though we're obviously you know leveraging the platform and technology um to make everything more efficient it's sort of the combination of of man and machine rather than mm. Um, you know, man versus machine. Yeah, well, I, I love that and I've loved everything that you've said today. Um, thank you for sharing so many stories and, and the whole journey. I think it's so important that people have heard that this was grown out of a problem and it's, uh, it's turned into one of the biggest UK success stories of today. Um, it's so exciting to hear how it's happened and it's so wonderful to hear that people don't need to be in STEM to join this company and, and other fintechs and get into the industry yeah. full stop. It's about giving people opportunities. So thank you very much for sharing that with us, Valentina. No, thanks for having me, it was great. And thank you everyone for listening.